All right, so uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the pitch now. Cool? Yeah. It's a change-up, by the way. You've changed up? Because I was thinking... No, the pitch was a change-up. Or a fastball, I'm not sure. <laughs> Ready? No. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Chatter. This is Travis. This is Victoria. And today we're talking about... Experience, because we're on E, and that was an awesome setup, thank you. So, um, this is the Dungeon Chatter podcast, and uh, what we do here is talk about role-playing games and role-playing RPG design specifically. Um, and as we go through, uh, each weekly show, uh, we come up with a new concept that we talk about and we build a game as we go. And then we start playing that game and then we <laughs> maybe change some things. See we'll how, see. see how things go, you know, <laughs> troubleshoot it. Alpha testing. <clears throat> and so, uh, beginning with experience, uh, normally I, I would explain the concept in the beginning. Um, and so, uh, there's... A beautiful poem by Rilke that has this line that yes. says, <laughs> Read me this poem. <laughs> this is the translation. Uh, this is how he grows by being defeated decisively by constantly greater things. And that's basically what experience in an RPG is, right? Um, so if a first level character dies, it's probably like a kobold or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if a fifth level character dies, maybe it's an ogre or a troll. Mm-hmm. And if a tenth level character dies, maybe it's a dragon. Mm-hmm. And if a twentieth level character dies, maybe it's... God. I, I was a thinking, god, yeah. Uh, a political party, but okay. It's a god, right? A so, political <laughs> party. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> that's basically the idea. And we will call these things either experience or experience points, EXP, XP, EP. You can mm-hmm. call those things whatever you want. Um, <clears throat> and actually... Maybe I'll talk about the very quickly what the function of experience in an RPG is, and then we'll talk through different conceptions, uh, mm-hmm. like what, what that looks like in different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that generally what an experience what experience does is refer to um, an experience level that a character has. Uh, and so as I was just saying, like level one, whatever, five, 10, 20, um, that gives us a kind of general sense of how tough to defeat the character is. I don't want to say strong because it's not exactly right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe powerful is fair. I I don't know. Um, And so uh, experience measures those things. And so, or your experience level measures those things. So experience is essentially the stuff that contributes to making you harder to be defeated in Mm -hmm. various ways. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, And so I wanted to talk about some systems and, um, the, I, the research that I've done on uh, experience I, th- I think is really fascinating because um, I discovered or I encountered some terminology that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, I haven't done a lot with RPGs in the last like decade, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting online stuff, uh, some rich online communities where they're discussing things. Uh, and so uh, there's this idea of milestone experience, which you can talk about. And... Um, 
And then there's this other kind of thing that no one really ever names. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I want to sort of talk through some of those other things that people don't really name first. Uh, and so I, I think that when people are comparing and contrasting milestone experience with something else, um, they typically, I'll call that thing the foil, right? So whatever the foil is, right? The thing that it's playing against. Are you, are you, so you're talking about where you, you get experience points and then you level up based on that number? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I mostly, that like, so it's milestone leveling. So you don't mm -hmm. even have experience. It's just whether you get to a point or not. Yeah. Right. They're still yeah. referred to as experience levels. So whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But I get it. Right. So you achieve a milestone or mm -hmm. you achieve three or whatever it is. And then you level. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so experience, experience level, and we'll call it that for now, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I think that a fear that people have is that here's one method. Um, it's killing stuff. Uh, so you get experience for killing stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, only for killing stuff, maybe, right? Yeah. I was even going to mention, so I was looking through the, the compendium for, for Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. and I couldn't find any other, like, Here's how much experience you get for picking mm -hmm. a lock, mm -hmm. which seems like a thing you might get experience for if you mm -hmm. pick a difficult lock. Um, it was just the challenge reading of the mm -hmm. monster, and that was the only in the book uh, d description of how much experience you should get. So it was. was that, uh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that in the player's handbook or the DMG or? Yeah, the players or the the. It was what I could find on Roll Twenty, which I think okay. also has the Dungeon Master's Guide. Mm -hmm. I've never read your Dungeon Master's Guide or a Dungeon Master's Guide. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I couldn't find any other, like, here are some ways you can hand out experience besides your monster is this difficult and this is how much experience it should give out. Right, um, and I think that some of the early books, <coughs> sorry, especially in the history of D&D, &D, um, really did play into that idea. So um, you look at, I don't know, um, oh man, I don't remember so well anymore, but maybe you look at an orc and they're like seven or, I think, 15 experience points or something like that. Uh, and so... Uh, you know that if you kill an orc, uh, mm -hmm. then you have defeated it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you know that you earn those experience points. Uh, and so if you're a character who's getting close to a level, you might think, oh, man, I need 75 experience. I just have to find five orcs <laughs> quick and go kill them. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, in the old rules, in the second edition, for instance, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, uh, players could earn experience for uh, possessing um, magic items. Uh Okay, so you kill people and you find magic. <laughs> you items, take right? their stuff, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that's that's just thinking of it as killing. Uh, but I did use this other word. I think I've used it at least once. Um, defeating, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you can defeat characters in ways other than killing them, and maybe that was always the intention. Uh, this might be too kind, but maybe that was always the intention behind uh, experience points. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a thought that <clears throat> maybe you can't beat a wizard in combat at low level, right? But maybe you could outsmart a wizard and so get the better of them. And then the question would be, well, does that count as defeating your enemy, mm -hmm. right? Um, and maybe you could beat an orc in a foot race, right? Uh, and, and maybe if those play important roles, then that means that you gain those experience points. And for what, it, for what it's worth, I, I don't remember ever playing in a, a game where the only experience that characters were ever rewarded was simply for killing things. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> right. Um, all right. Uh, and so now developing this idea a little bit further, maybe we come to the idea of overcoming things. Mm -hmm. right? uh, and so you mentioned picking a lock, right? So if you can disarm a trap, um, isn't that overcoming a challenge? Um, and in uh, third, 
3.5, whichever books we have. Yeah, 3.5. <clears throat> um, you actually, there are listed um, challenge ratings, I think that's how it goes, uh, for uh, various traps and things like that. Okay, so you can overcome those things too. Uh, and honestly, I mean, some traps uh, could be instant kill traps, and they're far deadlier than fighting an orc. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it makes good sense that if you're thinking about overcoming obstacles, you know, risking your life and living uh, seems like the kind of thing that should count. Yeah, it seems so far like these are all things that if it can kill you and you somehow get around it, then it it's experience worthy. Mm -hmm. I do want to say, like, I think it's cool when it's like other things that aren't life risking mm -hmm. give you experience. And I'm, not, I'm sure you're going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all right. So maybe this is some, somewhere in between that maybe this isn't exactly life risking. Uh, but I, I did want to talk about just that, that word, that uh, experience, right? <clears throat> um, it, it does say experience. It doesn't say killing or overcoming or whatever. Um, and so I'm thinking of a game like uh, Darkest Dungeon, right? Mm -hmm. So I've talked about that a few times on the show. Um, one of the things that you can do is, uh, through the result of stresses that occur just by sometimes walking through the dungeon, you get mm -hmm. stressed out. Um, and sometimes you have to make these, they're kind of like uh, resistance rolls or four to, I don't know, fortitude checks or something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> It'll say like so-and-so's resolve is being tested. Mm -hmm. um, and either you will fail your role and you'll gain an affliction like you'll become paranoid or irrational or abusive um, or you'll succeed in which case you'll get this virtuous rating and so that might be um, focused or something like that uh, okay and so uh, again those are, those are just for walking through the dungeon now in darkest dungeon walking through a dungeon is risking your life but maybe yeah. right maybe that's more like what the word says it is experiences and they don't all have to be life-threatening Okay, um, so, yeah, does that sound all right? Yeah, it sounds, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I want to make this other idea pretty clear, too, that um, I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if this is just a house rule that we used, but in Middle-earth role-playing, uh, you would get points, uh, experience points, for using skills. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you could even gain experience points uh, for failing. Uh, I think... I think, but maybe I'm just misremembering, that when you took a critical hit, um, suffered critical damage, uh, you could, or, or critically failed at something, uh, you got experience points. Uh, so it was a system that you didn't always have to be risking your life. You could simply convince someone of something or, yeah. or whatever. Um, make a, per a successful perception roll and gain experience. Yeah, right? and I think that, that that seems a lot like how people <clears throat> in the real world, like that's how you get better at things is trying them and even if you fail you still learn from processes right so i always thought that it was kind of weird the in D and D, and i think this is a dm to dm thing like mm -hmm. awarding experience if you don't kill like so if you have to flee or if they escape mm -hmm. do would you hand out experience in that situation if they didn't defeat or overcome their enemy yeah. um but in the real world, like, that would be, like, you still learn a bit about whatever that creature is, and you learn what didn't work when you were fighting them, so you would be better at it the next time you tried. Sorry. <laughs> um, but in d and I'm not sure I haven't DM'd, but that seems like a thing that it's not in the rule book itself. Mm -hmm. It's not spelled out for what would happen in that situation. And I'm sure most DMs are smart enough to maybe say, 
you guys fought for a really long time. You did some really cool stuff. I'll hand out maybe half the mm-hmm. amount of experience points that the book re- uh, recommends, or this is what I feel you've earned. Yeah. That was the rule of thumb that we always use. It was half uh, for engaging in the encounter, and if you had to run away, uh, you got the half. But then when you would eventually defeat that thing, if you did, mm-hmm. then you could only gain the other half. The other half, you mm-hmm. don't get the full. Yeah. Even if they're fully healed <clears throat> at that point. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and so the last thing that I want to talk about before we move into thinking about um, how some different systems uh, handle this is, uh, yeah, just this idea of, so it's true that experiences could be good or bad, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it takes a very particular game and a very particular party and a, a kind of agreement among the, the DM and the players if you're going to say, uh, hey, sometimes your experiences are going to make your character less able to do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. However we want to think. So You'll, more yeah. easily overcome, right? How, whatever that means. Negative effects, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, um, and if the, the kind of default move is you get some experience, oh, and then you level up, and then you roll extra dice, right? So now you're, you have more health, and now you gain new skills. Oh, but actually this other character, <laughs> you know, now, uh, I, I don't know, is especially vulnerable to a certain kind of attack. You, mm-hmm. say, you might think, well... Is that the point, right? Um, but perhaps it is, right? So uh, yeah. in a, I, I think especially in a game that is geared toward uh, modeling uh, like psychic damage mm-hmm. and things like that, that yeah. might make sense. Uh, yeah. So maybe a game where you slowly lose your sanity, like in the, the Lovecraft stuff, uh, yeah. that might make sense. And that might even be fun, but yeah. that's sort of the agreement. Yeah, that's something you have to really be aware of going into and be looking for that type of experience playing the game. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. So um, I'm thinking of experience as all of that stuff that contributes toward leveling, right? So that's all the same thing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, The stuff that makes your character uh, more able to face difficult challenges, right? Or or makes them themselves more difficult to overcome. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of things that we're thinking about. Uh, and so what I wanted to do was uh, talk, we're talking about experience, and I wanted to talk about <clears throat> um, experience points uh, in an RPG, and in particular in 2nd edition D&D. Uh, so again, most of my stories are about 2nd edition D&D, and contrasting that with Middle Earth role-playing or Role Master. Um, but so one of, the, one of the strange things I thought that would happen in uh, Dungeons & Dragons 2nd edition was uh, the number of experience points that you needed to level was different. Uh, by your class, um, and among the major classes, um, it was a pretty huge difference. So at 2,500 experience, if you had a fighter in the party, mm-hmm. they would be level 2. If you had a wizard, they would have just reached level 2. Mm-hmm. And if you had a rogue, they would be level 3. Um, and so it it might be a bit weird to have characters of different levels um, as you're going through all this, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially when, uh, you know, you're rolling different hit dice and, and all this sort of stuff. So uh, there could be a time where you have a fighter with, um, I don't know, 20, 28 hit points and a wizard with two, right? Um, and <laughs> and it's very hard to see how the characters are, are balanced in that way. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> uh, now, I two things about that. So one of them is that um, wizards tend to get more powerful later and later and later, and fighters, um, their powers peaked early and then plateaued off. <clears throat> That's one thing. 
but I, I think from third edition on, they they tweaked that, and it's no longer um, different uh, classes need different experience. Um, but I did want to throw out this other idea that um, the barbarian class that was introduced in the Unearthed Arcana book from whatever year that was, we talked about it before, 89, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, a barbarian needed six thousand experience for second level. Uh, so by the time, the, what? <laughs> so by the time the barbarian reached second level, um, yeah, you would have had your mage up to third level. Your rogue would have been what fourth? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and so uh, that was the game's sort of way of balancing these not particularly balanced classes. Um, so for some reason, you need more experience in order to advance. So. Okay, and then that kind of got fixed, mm-hmm. right? All right, um, and then uh, moving on to the everybody needs this same amount of experience per level. Um, that's something that uh, Middle Earth role playing was doing a long time ago, and not just that. I mean, I, I think most other games were actually onto that long before D and D came around to do that. Uh, and so at this point, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about some uh, different systems um, that we dealt with and some of the issues that came up with those isu- uh, with those systems, and so. Um, a lot of the experience that I have playing RPGs is with uh, AD&D 2nd Edition, uh, but we always sort of used hybrid rules and included some of the things from 1st Edition. So there's one extra wrinkle here that's not exactly 2nd Edition's fault, but everything else is. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, AD&D, that's Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, 2nd Edition, um, awarded experience uh, primarily through killing stuff. But there was also this, like I mentioned, possession of magic items that, uh, that could give you experience. And so, um, now, different character classes, so different types of character, like a rogue, a cleric, a warrior, um, a sorcerer, a mage, a magician, whatever, the wizard, whatever they're called, um, they would need different experience points in order to level up. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think the number was like 1,250 for a rogue to reach second level, 1,500 for a cleric, 2,000 for a warrior, 2,500 for a wizard, and 6,000 for a barbarian. <laughs> you know, it's super easy. Yeah. Uh, um, and so, uh, rangers may have been more too, but I can't remember what they were. So uh, anyway, um, but the point of all this is that, you know, a party that stuck together and was awarded experience for kind of group experience for killing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, guess, I guess here are two ways that, that you could have done this. Um, you either could have awarded um, experience to the character who delivers the killing blow, um, as some systems did, which sounds amazing if you're a warrior. I mean, no, that sounds rough. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, if you're a warrior, it sounds good. that's good for you, right? Yes, it sounds good for a yeah. warrior, but it sounds rough. Like That's a rough <laughs> system if you're a healer, especially. Ooh. Oh, well, I wonder. Um, so clerics actually in second edition were much better, way, way, way better fighters than uh, wizards. Uh, and so they could actually go into combat wearing armor and kill some people. Um, a first level wizard could cast one magic missile per day mm-hmm. and deal as much as five damage and then be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so the odds that, okay, then they could stand back, I guess, and throw darts, right? Yeah, uh, throw darts. <laughs> or... Sling bullets, right? Uh, so they probably weren't going to be killing people. So a, a lot of people opted with a, either a hybrid system that awarded half the experience available to the group and half to the killing blow, or just all of the experience was split up and given to the group. Okay, so that's typically what we tended to do. Oh, so you wouldn't even, so it wasn't like 
here's what the experience costs for killing this creature and everyone gets that experience. It was oh, like, no, here's it has, the total. Yeah, yeah, it's divided. Oh, snap. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Rough. Yeah. Um, and so... From my 3.55e brain, that's uh -huh. rough. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's just, I guess, whatever you're used to, it might seem rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And so uh, suppose that you are now 5,000 experience into a campaign. All right, so let's see. Your rogue is now fourth level. Mm -hmm. Your cleric is third level. Mm -hmm. Your warrior is third level. Your wizard just reached second level. And your barbarian's first level. Poor wizard who, like, can only do one magic missile and has just reached second level. Like, yeah. it's especially if that's a system that's, like, you get more points for the killing blow and you're a wizard and right. you need more um, experience points to level up. Yeah, and so, I mean, for what it's worth, um, it's actually experienced things, like, things like that that I think really encouraged min-maxing in second edition. So uh, if you knew you would get one spell per day, then you might think, uh, well, I could become a fire invoker, uh, like a flame uh, elementalist, I think is what it was called. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you could get extra fire spells. Uh, so you could do this thing called like a flame, flame, flaming hands, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and now you could do that like two or three times per day. And you're, and so you min max because otherwise I'm, I'm going to be first level forever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. So uh, along comes common sense and AD&D scraps. <laughs> <laughs> Scraps uh, that staggered experience uh, scale mm -hmm. and opts for um, levels are levels. And uh, whatever level it is, it costs the same amount. Um, I think, uh, so Middle Earth role-playing, Merp did that long before. And I think it, their system is different, but it was like 10,000 experience per level. Um, and then maybe after 10th level, it went to 20,000 per level or something like That's that. But it was always the same. All characters needed the same amount to yeah. level up. Okay. Um, and so those are some interesting things. It's, I, I, I see that as a positive development. De um, second edition had a lot of problems in the past with um, just vastly unequal characters. Um, I think they've kind of reintroduced them for what it's worth with some of the, the races that are allowed, like a dragonborn or whatever. Dragonborn, like yeah, tiefling, some of these. tabaxi, you yeah. mentioned yesterday, which was pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome that you could just drop that. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, some of those uh, classes end up being just massively overpowered, and D&D used to have special rules to deal with those, like um, your character starts off as uh, needing, like, um, so if you start off as being roughly fourth level, even though you're first level, then you're roughly fourth level until you get enough experience to go on to fifth level, and, and so you don't level up for, like, four levels, something, does that make sense? In AD&D? <clears throat> yeah, in AD&D. Okay, yeah. Um, and that sounds weird and artificial. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, but so is, oh, this one character starts off with a, you know, a 57 strength. <laughs> yeah. Right? Not right, but. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds uh, like balancing issues, just weird ways to balance things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not that the characters have to be equal uh, or they have to be equal whatever. But um, if one's level seven and another one's level seven, then there should have been ways that those two could be equally difficult to overcome. Uh, so th that's one of the problems that I'm thinking about in terms of uh, levels and experience. Uh, Zoe is uh, <laughs> Zoe's having a little fun over there. Digging yeah. um, in a bag. And uh, in a previous version of this recording, you told us a gripping story about uh, experience in a different game. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you've decided that now maybe it's not 
such an interesting story. It's not really. I mean, it, it was just like human error with mm. it and not really a system fault, right. which was, you know. And I mean, I, I guess it's sort of a system fault because it is math and some people mm. like math mm. and some people are just not great yes. at math yeah. um, or don't want it to be like math, the, the game, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for, for that, there are, there are ways to get around that or easier systems of calculating experience. Um, and so my story, since we've talked about this a little, mm -hmm. it was just that somebody was um, really certain that I had missed a game or something or that I hadn't gotten enough experience points right. to get to a next level. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like, so I, whenever I get experience, I keep a tally of all of the experience. I keep the numbers and I just have the addition Mm -hmm. um, instead of like erasing and getting rid of them so I don't magically have some number and I don't remember why I was given, you know, that number. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was able to prove like all of the, the points that I'd gotten, but it was a human error that somebody had thought I hadn't been to enough games to be at the same level as everyone else. Yeah, understood. So. Mm -hmm. um, right, now, and so um, there's this website and this personality on the website called The Angry DM. I don't know if you've read any of The Angry DM stuff. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, he talks about, yeah, something like math, the reckoning or something like that. <laughs> I like it. Uh, something like that. And, and he makes a, this claim that is something like the goal of every RPG should be to make, take out as much math as possible. Something like that. That's not quite a quote, but it's, mm -hmm. it's very similar. Um, and, and I, I disagree, right? So, um, because one of the most awesome things when we play middle earth role playing <laughs> or role master uh, was the huge numbers. Uh, and so we loved seeing, uh, so the DM from a distance sort of jotting down all these experiences and if we would try to figure out how many digits, uh, <laughs> like, oh, we just killed, you know, two trolls. I wonder what that was, right? And uh, and you could see how much experience there was. Sort of, mm -hmm. and, and that was fun. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was, uh, that was a cool time. And, and then the, there's something really exciting about seeing like you earned 8,000, you know, 527 experience. You're like, whoa. That's a big number. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. Get excited. Right? Uh, <laughs> um, as opposed to uh, maybe some alternative, which might be like you take, you know, you move one third of the way to the next level, which. Yeah. Maybe less exciting. So, uh, and all I would say there is that uh, one of the, the points that we say so many times uh, during the podcast, which is these things are, like, it's good to have guidelines, but um, there are, um, you know, groups and GMs, um, and they should decide on the game that they want to play, uh, mm -hmm. and they should play the game that way, uh, you know. Yeah. And if you want to go and play at a, a convention somewhere, uh and they play different rules, then you either play those rules or not. But yeah. you, know, it, you don't have to play those rules at home. That makes no sense. Like, why would you play rules that you don't like? Mm -hmm. so. Okay, um, good. So um, those are the systems. Um, stories. Now, you had uh, two uh, other things that you want to talk about. Do you want to talk about those now, or do you want to talk about them in a little bit? Because yeah. I, I can tell a story that's, uh, that's that relates to the one. But if you want to get us started... I, do you think it should come before? Because I don't know what your story is offhand. It has to do with murder hobo, right? Okay. <laughs> or hobo murder. We've whatever. dropped the, the best word <laughs> in the entire podcast. Never going to be a better word. Um, so uh, when I was researching, and I did a little bit of research for this one, um, I'd heard about milestone leveling, uh, which I wasn't familiar with before this year, I think. Um, and the, I, the concept is basically you don't have to deal with 
experience points anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just when you get to a narrative point in the story, everyone in the party levels up. Um, and it seemed really interesting. Uh, and a lot of what I was seeing was people not sure how quickly they should level their players. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and also players kind of getting antsy for the next level when right. they're doing side missions and things. So mm -hmm. things that don't directly relate to the narrative, um, but they're going and uh, doing things and killing things because that's what's fun to their to their group. And um, so there was a lot of uh, debate about how quickly you should level and whether or not you should do this sort of system versus experience points. And one of the, the biggest draws that I kept seeing people mention was that when they did that, when they went with the milestone leveling, their characters kind of chilled out a little, weren't, weren't so murder hobo-y, let's go find things to kill. Um, didn't feel like they had to complete every battle by killing what they were fighting. Sometimes right. it, it devolved into diplomatic relations. Sometimes it involved running away when they realized that they, they didn't need to kill things. Um, which I thought was really cool, and right. is uh, to me that's a more interesting game to play. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes with video games, I'm like, hell yeah, let's just I, I just want to like win a battle. Um, but with D and D, I kept finding that um, I was way more interested in the backstory and stuff that was going on in the sides, and way less interested in the fighting. Like mm -hmm. the fighting was all right, but that's just rolling die and waiting a long time then for your turn, and then rolling another die. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really like finding alternatives to battle, but we did have some members in our party who were like, I just want to kill something. Mm -hmm. Like, why aren't we fighting? Oh my God, please stop talking. Right. Um, so I feel like experience, uh, milestone leveling, uh, could lead to a better game that I would enjoy more. And that's different for everyone. Uh, cause clearly we <clears throat> talked about like you really enjoyed seeing the really high experience levels mm -hmm. or experience points that you would get. Right. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So let me talk about that. Um, I, so, uh, I, I'm writing an article, uh, that sort of responds to some of the challenges, right? So some of the people who are proponents of milestone leveling. So some of the challenges to this other thing, like points based, uh, leveling. Um, and so, um, you know, hobo murder or whatever, th this might mean one of two different things. It might mean just that people become uh, more combat happy than they might otherwise be. Um, and for what it's worth, I I'm not sure that that's a compelling reason to ditch a system, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, maybe if, so if you adapt uh, or adopt a different system that uh, rewards progress, progressing the story, whatever that means, mm -hmm. uh, then maybe the characters will be less willing to explore those other things, right? The things that they might find fulfilling but aren't going to directly contribute to the story. Uh, so, right, so there's always a trade-off there. And the other possibility is that, um, is that hobo murder is literally murdering things, right? Um, yeah. So, not every time you kill an ogre or something is it is it murder, I take it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is a, an interesting challenge uh, to be said for groups. I, I never allow um, evil characters uh, in my groups. Uh, and because, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, unless that's the game, right? So unless mm -hmm. the game is we're just going to go around and we're going to kill stuff and whatever. But then you have to understand that if you're going around a town just literally murdering people, um, hey, maybe some people in town aren't aren't gonna love that, right? Maybe there are, <laughs> Surprise! Maybe, maybe there are more decent people in town than not, and maybe you'll find 
your task is really difficult, right? So um, depending on what we mean by hobo murder, um, murder, <laughs> uh, murder hobo, whatever, right? <laughs> uh, we have to, yeah, those, those provide different challenges. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure that either is a compelling reason uh, to do away with experience points. Mm-hmm. All right, and so now it's time for the pitch. <laughs> Is it a change-up? Is, is it a, a change-up? No, it's a fastball high and outside. <laughs> All for, right. for those of you who didn't hear the things we had to edit out because of our dog, he's made that joke three times now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so it turns out that um, I have been awarding experience uh, or leveling, I guess, my, uh, my players uh, not in a strictly by-the-book experience way. Um, and that's because you know, there's a set number of experience for some stuff in some games, and you might notice that there's a tremendous gap elsewhere, right? So um, rescuing a town from a menace um, is is really all you've done uh, is eliminate the menace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or have you also forged friendships and what right? So do so now you don't have to overcome those people. So do right uh, if you have won them over to your side, right? How do we award experience for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, I, I've been doing, and sometimes combats or um, scenarios become more difficult than you thought they were going to be, and sometimes they become easier than you thought they were going to be. And so you might tweak them uh, based on those considerations. Um, and there has always been, uh, I think, a, a consideration that we did for role-playing uh, experience. And one group that I was in, um, I, I think the massive amount of experience that we received was for um, role playing and figuring stuff out rather than killing stuff, and that was helpful because I had a, a rogue and he, he was not killing a lot yeah. of people. Um, that was in third edition, though. So he wasn't a wimpy rogue; he was a strong rogue. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so here's the pitch, okay? Uh, everybody who shows up and makes a meaningful uh, participation mm-hmm. receives receives one experience point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, ahead of the session, um, the player will suggest a goal, uh, and it's a goal that's tied to their character's situation and motivations. Uh, the GM will also suggest a goal tied to the character's situation and motivations. Um, and so, and and I think it would be good if both people know that, right? So it's not like I, on the sly, like I say, and if you do this, you also gain experience, but that might be fun. Who knows, right? Oh, so like you don't tell the character, but yeah. just see if they do it. Yeah, that could be fun. Could be situationally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, that that makes two more say uh, points of experience that they could gain. Um, and then finally, I I think the one that's the most fun is the critical pool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dice rolling is always fun. Yeah. So the critical pool is um, anytime you deal uh, or suffer um, a critical, uh, and that's success or failure, uh, you get one entry in the critical pool. And then at the end of the the scene uh, or the session, um, say you have two entries, someone else has one, someone else has one. Um, you all roll that many dice, and whoever has the highest roll, you do tiebreakers if you need to. That person gains that experience point. Um, so that could be fun, I think. Uh, does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have an example here. Um, so suppose we have um, Herdek. Uh, he's a he's a sorcerer, right? Is that what he is? A uh, warlock. Oh, he's a warlock. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, Max, who's a rogue, and Rowan, who's a ranger. Um, and so if those respective players, that's um, Austin, Erica, and Victoria, if they show up and participate, then their characters will earn an experience point at the end of the session. Mm-hmm. Um, if one of them falls asleep face down <laughs> on the floor uh, for three hours of gaming, then perhaps Austin's character doesn't <laughs> gain any experience. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
Um, <laughs> uh, wow. All right. He works weird hours in his defense. In okay. his defense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So the GM and the player decide on those goals, right? So the player pitches one, the GM pitches one. Um, and so for the group, uh, so here was one that we were just doing. Um, we did not use this type of experience because we were playing 3.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the group really, really wanted to hobo murder. Yeah. Murder hobo. Murder hobo. <laughs> but it turns out they really wanted to murder dragon, uh, despite the fact that they were level Three? Four at most. Four <laughs> yeah. at most. Uh, and so I thought that it wasn't just people being fools. Um, I Like in, in the bad sense, I thought it was just people who didn't know what they were talking about because uh-huh. we didn't play a lot of RPGs. So I ended up pitting them against, I think, two wyverns. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, and that's fine because their characters would not have known that they were dragons or not. So they went and investigated and ended up um, overcoming... But not killing. I think you killed one, right? You killed one. We of the killed ones. the first one, yeah. uh, and then overcame and possibly um, seduced uh, the second. Uh, seduced, <laughs> seduced. Uh, and so I was thinking, you know, knowing um, Herdek and the type of player that he is, um, finding so knowing that you're going on this uh, quest to investigate um, this dragon attack at this village, uh, Herdek might have pitched um, finding a magic item in loot. Mm-hmm. And that seems like the kind of thing he it, That was, yeah, kind of what he wanted most out of our D&D sessions. And what I would have pitched for him would be to gain the trust of at least one NPC. And mm-hmm. that's because he has a really high charisma. Super uh, high. It was like 18, right? Yes. Crazy high. But his character is antisocial because he's on the autism spectrum, basically. Like he, the player, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he doesn't, he doesn't always engage. And mm-hmm. so I think it would be a cool, um, you know, playing award. Uh, if, if you could just do this, right? Yeah. Um, and, and rolling, he, he doesn't have to give the greatest um, dramatic performance ever. It could be a kind of, okay, I'm going to I want to do them. this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I want to say, yes. but let's roll for it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So, and maybe it could sort of later on entice him into doing more of that. Uh, for Max, I think um, her pitch would almost certainly be steal something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would pitch nego- negotiate a larger share of the loot. And unbeknownst to the party, she has done this in almost every quest that they've been on. So, <laughs> I this was news to me. I was given this information not too long ago. When did she do this? Like, <laughs> oh, um, when she sends a lot of letter notes. Um, so, so in the what we would maybe now think of as dine, downtime between. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if uh, one of the characters, um, Sefarin. Uh, likes to go and stock up on magic potions and um, what's Lisa's character? Uh, I, we still can't think of her name. Whatever her name is. Yeah. Llewellyn. 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 Um, they always like to go stock up on potions. And so as they go to do that. She goes into Dusta? Max goes off to, um, yeah, negotiate larger shit. Typically side deals with other people. Um, or with other characors? Like with somebody NPCs. in our party? No, no, no. Oh, NPCs, okay. yeah. Okay. I was thinking that she was like hacking people out of the stuff that we had just divvied out and i was like who is doing that uh anyway back on track because i just needed that background and then uh for rowan maybe just discover the dragon's motivation uh which seems like the kind of thing that you would try to do (laughs) that's what i tried to do (laughs) um it's that's really good for the story i mean sometimes there's not an answer like why did the bloodthirsty uh creature kill people Right. Yeah. Uh, but 
there has typically actually been a, a story, especially in the first adventure that we did, if you remember those yeah, the, moon rats. The rats, uh, yeah. Um, it was a really cool uh, yeah. story going on there. Um, and so, and maybe too, and, and maybe knowing about your character, Ranger, um, subdue rather than kill the creatures if possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and you would have, um, succeeded in doing at least one of those. I don't know what you know of the motivations at this point, but they were clearly being puppeted by someone. Yeah. So. I, I, we found out that they weren't just randomly attacking at the very least. Yeah. So. Yeah. So be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I've instituted a, a kind of democratic system in, in our rules, uh, which is uh, if the player and I disagree about it, uh, everyone else can vote on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Yeah. So if, if I say uh, you didn't do enough to earn that experience point, the party can vote on it. And I don't care. Right? Passive aggressive. No, no like I'm, I, kidding. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bother to me, right? I'm uh -huh. not hoarding this experience. It doesn't go into my pool. Like any experience points that the character <laughs> Your don't NPCs just get more and more powerful the worse we do. I just thought which... of an idea. So um, I'm going to start <laughs> building a, uh, yeah, like, um, what would this be? A, a villain. Mm -hmm. uh, and every time you fail to earn experience, I add that experience to the villain. Pretty good, right? No. <laughs> no. Uh, don't do that. No, I don't want to have motivations like that. He'll just always be more powerful than you. Or she, or it, or they. Think about it. Uh, okay, and then on to the critical pool. Um, so let's just suppose Herdeck deals one critical and suffers one, probably from falling off a wall while spider climbing. <laughs> um, Max deals two. Unlikely, she's more likely to. Well, maybe with her uh, stabby. She's uh, she's mm -hmm. got backstab. Yeah. Uh, maybe you deal one and suffer one. Um, there would be a total of seven entries in the criticals pool. Herdeck would have three. Max two. Rowan two. They would each roll a d twenty. Let's just suppose the rolls end up being 9, 10, 11 for her deck, 3 and 6 for Max, 18 and 1 for Rowan. Rowan would win it. And the D20, by the way, on the Wizards um, dice rolling site is terrible because those were the actual rolls. One roll above an 11. Yeah. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, so then at the uh, end of the session, um, her deck would gain two experience, Max would gain three, and Rowan would gain four. Um, all right. And so this is just now, uh, notice that those are experience points. Um, but points convert directly into skills in this game or, mm -hmm. or bonuses and things like that. Um, this is not um, the only game in which that happens. Um, if you remember when we were talking about character creation stuff, um, we talked about um, like pool systems like the World of Darkness, so Vampire and Werewolf, mm -hmm. they essentially do that too. Um, I think uh, GURPS, uh, Generic Universal Role-Playing Systems, I think they do it too. Um, Shadow Run, I think, does it right. So this is nothing, nothing new. Um, and so the general idea um, is that if you want to increase uh, from like a zero to a plus one, it's four points. From a plus one to plus two, it's eight. From a plus two to to plus three, it's sixteen. And for two points, you can do those littler things. Like uh, so, um, if you haven't played the game, this is going to sound a bit weird, but but you could um, increase like your uh, resources, like your income or your uh, contacts or oh, prestige yeah, or whatever yeah. for okay. two points. Um, and so the idea is that almost everybody should be able to add something, uh, something small every session, mm -hmm. uh, or save up. For yeah, or save that... up, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and you should never have to save for more than four sessions in order to make, um, a, a, well, yeah, to, in order to make a, an improvement that, that's noticeable to your character. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, all right, so that is the pitch. 
And now it's time for Hack and Slash. And Hack and Slash is the um, section in which, uh, having just for the first time in her life heard the pitch, <laughs> it was a change-up, uh, Victoria will um, Hack and Slash. Uh, so troubleshoot, throw out some ideas, some challenges, some possible issues coming up. And then I will um, attempt to defend uh, my livelihood and my dignity as a human. Mm-hmm. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. No pressure. All right. Um, so we were just talking about, like, enjoying seeing big numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, this system, I think you were deliberately gearing it to be smaller numbers, like, mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that, like, I can see it being like, oh, like, mm-hmm. there's only a chance to get four experience points. And that's including a luck factor. That includes, like, mm-hmm. a dice roll to see who gets it. Right. Um, so on average, you'll get three at most. Um, so I can see that being sometimes a little disheartening from session to session. Although I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if you explain the difference between scenes mm-hmm. um, and uh, what was chapters? Was yeah. That scenes and chapters. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, and I had a question about this, mm-hmm. um, is if it was by scene or by chapter or... Yeah. By session, just across the board session, even if we get through multiple scenes or end a chapter in a session. Yeah, so um, by by session, I mean like the time when you show up and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are scenes and chapters. Um, and so um, I like the idea of awarding experience at the end of a chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, at the end of a scene, mm-hmm. if you've earned it. But if you haven't, then you don't, right? Then you don't, you don't. If you haven't earned the experience at the end of the scene, there's no experience to give you. But... My thought is this, that if you earn experience at the end of a scene, Mm -hmm. then that goal's gone, and now you can pitch another one, or I can pitch another one, depending. So you could earn more. Yeah. So in the middle of a session, you could be like, you earn that goal. Do you Mm -hmm. you have another one? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really like that idea, and that, that I feel, is a good way to, like, if you're feeling a little stagnant or Mm -hmm. something during a session, or, like, throughout the campaign as we're moving along. Right. That, okay. It's good to know. Cool. I'm a little less concerned about that. Um... And then I did have another thought. Well, look, so you want to think about it, and I'll mm-hmm. say a little bit more about this. Um, yeah, I, I do think that uh, I don't like waiting until everyone's done to give out experience. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like that. And again, it's because I like numbers, and I like to see my character get more powerful and more powerful. Um, and I like to see it on the spot sometimes. And I get it that it doesn't always make sense. Uh, one of the rules in, or one of the considerations in D&D was always you couldn't, um, I guess assimilate that experience until you had the time to sit down and, and think about it and train. Uh, and so there were and there were training rules for like in different campaigns, like how long that would take. Um, I think those have to be decided based on the story, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to institute like um, some people would do like one week per level, which is honestly insane because w- when you get to tenth level, so. Yeah. Hey when guys, you, so see you in two and a half months, right? When you're gearing uh, up for a big boss battle, yeah. you know, is coming and you've just yeah. you've just earned enough experience points to get to that next level and you're gonna need that. You can't take like sixteen weeks off to get to level sixteen. That's doesn't make sense narratively. Yeah. So I'm with you. Mm-hmm. So um <clears throat> so I do like then the, this idea of uh, okay, hey, you you actually just reached your goal. Nice job. Um, and if it was um, the goal that you pitched, then uh, like, do you have another goal to pitch? Mm-hmm. Um, or if it was one that I gave you, then uh, I'll think uh, of another one for you. And we'll go from there. That's good. Uh, yeah, so I like that idea a lot. I like that too. It's exciting to see how it works. All righty. Um, uh, so we 
didn't quite talk about how we actually use experience points, I think. Um, oh, no, we did. We did. We said it would be mm-hmm. the 4, 8, 16. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, and this is, again, like a personal thing, um, so some people won't have an issue with this, but um, I kind of like having uh, an overarching level occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you have progressed to the point of, um, being level three and mm-hmm. like baseline, you know, you've achieved this level three. Mm-hmm. I'm also terrible at min maxing. Like I'm so bad at like planning ahead of character. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing is going to be, um, just deciding things that will work for your character. So I'm a little worried about how often I'm going to like take a useless feat. Cause it makes sense in the moment. But yeah. then as I get into gameplay, it's going to be like, well, useless. I really didn't need yeah. that Russian literature feat that I took, <laughs> which, by the way, the very first time Dad had me like go through making a character, that was literally one of the the things I took. Was yeah. like, yeah, I'm into Russian literature. <laughs> so maybe I right. So I, I do um, when I make characters, I'm in Max. Um, yeah, but I don't. I think that there are cool cool ways to min max, and there are story. I like story ways to min max. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had a. Um, I don't want to give up too much information about this character in Vampire, but he was um, he had an interesting past, and he uh, and he did know a lot about um, French and German culture mm-hmm. uh, and medical history and things like that, and he studied philosophy too, uh, and. Uh, I don't know that those were going... So uh, only some of those were going to come in handy, right? Uh, but he had points in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made sense because of his story, right? Yeah. So um, where he came from and, and what was going on. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't think that people should be discouraged from doing that. Um, yeah. And, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying I really enjoy doing that too. I like more what makes sense for what's going on mm-hmm. versus how can I get the best character or whatever? Mm -hmm. But then sometimes that does lead to really frustrating gameplay because I feel like I don't have the tools I need to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, so um, probably in this... So, uh, I mean, on one hand, there's always going to be that, um, I think, this possibility that someone spends a point or buys a skill and then it's just like oh no this this is a bad idea yeah and and this could happen um in second edition for instance there were yeah. these weapon proficiency slots um and a lot of characters start off with one at first level uh, and so if you say oh i'm going to choose it in i don't know a dagger and uh, rather than club say because those were pretty common weapons um, and right off the bat, there's like a magical club that nobody wants. And you're like, well, but I can't use the club. And if you were a wizard, you couldn't use it for like four levels, right? Because you were five levels, maybe. You, you wouldn't get a weapon slot again for, you know, maybe a year of gameplay, right? Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, and so and that's, I mean, on one hand, I think that's always going to happen. But I do think that, um, yeah, the, these skills, um, they can be worked into the game. Yeah. Uh, but you have to work with like the GM and possibly with yeah. some players too, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if you like literature of a certain kind, there was a, have you seen the film The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp? 
where he goes. Yeah, and search. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so right. So that could be a cool kind of quest. That, that's that a comes cool quest. Up, right. That's that's <laughs> having faith in your your DM, uh, which I should have more in because you've mainly been my main DM. Uh, but I, I don't. I, I tend to have not as much faith and wanting like the rules to be explicit mm-hmm. because of that. So I want to be able to argue back against the DM, and I mm-hmm. like that you've got the. If everyone else agrees, here's I'll just give it to you. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. I say you know buy your Russian literature and yeah. uh, see what we can do with it. Now don't buy Russian literature in Blood of Heroes because there's no place called Russia and there's no Russian literature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But maybe it could be um, dwarven literature. Are, are dwarves based right. on Russia? Because that's no. Cool. I actually just saw an article uh, or yeah an article linked on Twitter that was about. Um, um, sort of staging conflict in an RPG without like racism and sexism and things like that, right? Yeah. So, so you don't. I mean, it, there there's definitely something to be said for uh, not having. Oh, you know, dwarves are basically like you know this group of humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, they're not, right? So they're they're, they're different. Right? Yeah. Um. So they're not Russians, contrary to what uh you believe. But you don't believe that, but right. I so, don't like right. I, I, that. Was news to me. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, was I don't, I don't yeah. see it. But. Right. So, uh, so that that's the idea. Okay. Uh, that um, yeah, those are they're just dwarves. Um, yeah. Yeah. So get some dwarven literature. They're runes. Yeah. Yeah. They look cool. They do look cool. Um, I imagine Norse runes whenever I see dwarven runes. So. Um. Yeah. Is I, that kind of out there? I, um, I think I, I'm just speaking off the top of my head, but I think that, that runic language that they use might be called Deathic, but I'm not sure. Um, and it's not exactly Norse runes, but it does look, I mean, runes, I mean, to me, they all kind of look similar. Uh, so uh, there's Your that. rune line. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so um, how do those, how does that pitch sound then? We sounds like something that we should try and see how it goes. Yeah, I feel like it's something to, to try and yeah. maybe more stuff will come up or maybe things will work themselves out. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to um, just say, I mean, I don't normally do this, but I mean, there's a kind of, you know, there's the system that I'm designing and there's a system that I would want designed for me. Uh, And the system that I want designed for me uh, would be every time you use a skill, Mm -hmm. you get a tally in it. And so, uh, and and it gets complicated. So say that you start off with a, a plus one in a skill. We'll treat that as one zero, so 10. We'll treat it as 10. And then when you use your skill 10 times, it goes up to level 11. And then when you use it 11 times, it goes up to 12. And then when you use it, tw- right, so 10 more times, 11 more times, 12 more times. So, uh, right, and if that makes your um, party level up too quickly, then you go to, oh, only when you do the criticals uh, does it, right? So, and, and so it would be a, a, a game in which your skills are constantly being used and you're constantly powering up your skills as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the system I would like, but that's way too yeah. complicated for a lot of people. Like people, other people would not like that, and I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's fine. I'd forget to keep track. I, I know that it sounds pretty yeah. cool, though. Like it does, I think, encourage more like exploring what you've got. Um, yeah. But I'm also, like I said, I'm bad at min maxing, so I'd end up with a twentieth level air quotes twentieth level character who's like just scattered across the board like Mm -hmm. middle of the road on everything because they just wanted to try everything right so that yeah that is something that um so it should be pretty clear by now that the game is not exactly a level game so it's a levelless system yeah um and that's one thing that levels do is they give you a kind of structure and guidance um Mm -hmm. as you go 
Uh, now you could um, you could always add up the total amount of experience that you have, mm-hmm. uh, and that could give you a sense of what your level is. Uh, you know, and and, it, and and again, like a twentieth level wizard isn't necessarily as strong as a twentieth level rogue or whatever. Uh, and so, similarly, um, a character with fifty experience points in this game uh, is not necessarily going to be anywhere near as powerful as another character with fifty experience. But they might be similarly difficult to overcome. Like, so they one might be amazingly good at business, mm-hmm. uh, or one might be just amazingly good at baking. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's off. okay. I right? want to bake off in our game, Daniel. Can you make that? None of us took baking stuff. Oh uh, man, I don't think anyone did. Yeah, yeah. no one took a food prep yeah. skill. Which is the thing, which I think is, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned this, and this might kind of fit in with our experience, but it's like you can pick whatever you want, so whatever you can pitch, um, Mm -hmm. as long as you and the DM agree on it, or GM agree Mm -hmm. on it, um, which I think is really cool, because in D&D, I mean, there's a lot of options to, like, customize and, like, pick your character, but I've noticed since I watch a lot of um, D&D, like, podcasts and YouTube videos, uh... I keep seeing sort of the same spells mm-hmm. used in the exact same way mm-hmm. and like wheelhouses that people just mm-hmm. go to and it tends to be similar spells across the board. So I really like that this is like expansive and you can, as long as you can think of it and it's something that can work in the game uh, and that your GM agrees on it, you can um, use it like mm-hmm. as long as you can make the pitch. And I think that's a really cool feature that isn't used a lot in, in a structured role-playing games and um just to clarify there um it's a change up (laughs) uh you can't see my face (laughs) but Uh, oh my god and so if you want to hear a little bit more about character create character creation go back to episode three Mm -hmm. um and there we talk through some of those ideas like the uh narrow skill the general skill and then your your focus uh with the middle the big and the the focus um and um i'm working on some archetypes by the way so uh those are things that so if you're not sure on the kind of character you want to play but you have some general idea then do a skill distribution kind of like this and that'll be this kind of character or this kind of character or this kind of character um some people like that guidance and i get it uh Mm -hmm. as you become more familiar with the system you'll have better ideas of what you want to do but for the first time encountering a game you might need some guidance or at least want that guidance okay um anything else not that i can think of all right um so uh that is all for dungeon chatter for uh today uh this is travis this is victoria and for Mm -hmm. next time Next week, we're going to be talking about failure. F is for failure. Uh, so that'll, uh, we mentioned the critical fail pool or the critical pool. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about failures. Um, expect some really graphic uh, deaths from players and things like that. So Super graphic. More graphic than that that 60-page workbook you uh, pulled out for critical hits and critical oh, misses. And... We'll read some of those as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all for Dungeon Chatter. Bye. Bye. Hey there, thanks for listening to episode 5. If you want more Dungeon Chatter, please check us out at DungeonChatter.com or follow us at Twitter at, at DungeonChatter. 
If you really liked us, we're now on iTunes, so you can leave us a review there. And please tell your friends who you think might be into this sort of RPG character creation sort of stuff, critiques and reviews. We'd really appreciate it. The next episode, episode 6, F is for Failure, should be out in two weeks, on October 5th. Thanks again for listening.